This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Hey everyone, we are so excited to have you joining us today on Mercy Talk. My name is Rachel and I am here, of course, with my beautiful, wonderful friends, Mel and Brooke. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. (laughs) And um, we kind of mentioned this last time as you were able to hear from Nancy and her heart behind the new and upcoming book, Treatment or Transformation. But over this next um, month or so, two months really, we're going to be diving into these stories. And so we're excited to bring you our first one today uh, and just look at the the healing and really truly the the redemption that Jesus brought um, to this specific story and to this specific um, girl. And so I am going to hand this over to my friend Brooke and she's going to share that with us. You called me your friend twice. I know. There you go. Yeah. Sweet. It's very... <laughs> it's like, I guess we are our friends. <laughs> I guess. I guess I guess so. You keep saying it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks. No. no, but I do think it's yeah. important to note before we even start these that like we are we are wanting to share these stories for the purpose of being able to take things out that are actually applicable and helpful. Yeah. So if you're going, wait, so for eight months or eight yeah. weeks, I'm about to just hear stories. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just story time with Brooke and Yeah, because you know what? Yes. I don't want Brooke to read a book to me. That yeah, sounds that like is, a terrible thing. That's not what's happening here. We are literally going to recap a story from the yeah. book because this story, I mean, this book has a different story per chapter. Yes. But then a big part of the book is that at the end of every chapter, Nancy has kind of a reflection on it. And and it's more to say like, here are some principles of freedom that transformed this person's life that can also transform yours. And so we're going to kind of like dive more into the kind of life application of the stories than yeah. the stories themselves. Just just so everybody knows yeah. as we dive in. Thanks for prepping that. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So our, our first story um, today is actually about Emily. Um, and you know, the thing about Emily is that she grew up in a Christian home. She's actually from Oklahoma City. Um, and she and her brother were very, very close. In fact, they were best friends. Um, and, you know, Emily loved youth group, loved church, loved worship. Uh, but school kind of became a difficult place for her because her brother got super popular mm-hmm. and she did not. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm not sure exactly all what that looked like, but, you know, they were kind of growing apart in popularity. And then Emily began having some health problems, um, which uh, they found out to be hypothyroidism. And I don't know how much you guys know about this, but if you're a teenager and you have severe hypothyroidism, we're talking about sleeping 16 hours a day, no energy, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. In fact, I can tell you like my brother-in-law that literally ruined his high school baseball career because mm. they couldn't wow. figure out what's mm. what was going on um and it was it was just an awful thing like to hear you know scott recap and so mm. even reading the story i'm like oh man mm. like you know hearing somebody else's family talk about how hard it was i could really feel that yeah. for her and um so part of that as we know uh in our moments of weakness the enemy likes to come in and make sure he just really drills in some terrible things and mm-hmm. so he started just really started having thoughts of you know that she was stupid she wasn't worth anything that she wasn't as good as other people um and i know mel when we talk about this at empower like renewing the mind you know our you know our thoughts 
can be changed. Like you, just because you have a thought does not mean it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can imagine just being a teen, you know, just God, when you're a teenager, mm. you don't know that you're yeah. like, I am just driven by every thought yeah. and emotion. Um, and so she was just in a really hard place. And, and so out of those lies, she began agreeing with those. Um, and out of that, she became, um, she kind of found her place with the partying crowd. Mm hmm. Which is, you know, a lot of people are like, why would you do that? Because it's instant friends. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the piece that I, I, I think that we need to understand as Christians um, when why people connect with the group, especially if it's drugs and alcohol and all of that, is because there is community there. Mm. And we forget how powerful community can be. Exactly. And so that's why we as the church need to be a community that people (laughs) want to be in right and and you know not trying to be the cool kids but just a genuine place for people to connect yeah um and so what she came out of this and and this is normal in in you know addiction kind of stuff is uh the caretaker Mm -hmm. right they need me right she found her worth in being the one to help these people who were also very very broken uh, like her. And so this really spiraled. Um, she found that her brother's girlfriend was in, you know, her mind was just the epitome of cool and she was using hard drugs. She was partying. And so that's kind of, she began trying to keep up with that. Um, and basically she ended up dropping out of school. She started living out of her truck. Um, and she was able to maintain her appearance as normal. So people didn't really know what was going on. I know, you know, because if Mm -hmm, I'm living out mm -hmm. of a truck, guys, you're going to know. Yeah, me too. Like some days probably I come into work and people are like, did you, you (laughs) what is, what is that? No, I look like I showered, (laughs) (laughs) but my hair is not always its best. Okay. okay? Anyway, gosh, Rachel, Yeah, I shower if I a lot. <laughs> but I mean, truthfully, like she was, you know, working very hard to maintain this norm and on the mm-hmm. inside just falling apart. Um, and so eventually her parents intervened. She was about 18. I think when that happened, ends up going to rehab twice. Um, and in one of those stays, she met a boy. Um, and so what kind of came out of that, and this is also, you know, if you're not familiar with kind of addiction or addiction treatment, this is very common. That's why they try and keep very hardcore rules. Mm-hmm. Does, it, does it feel like the best idea? No, it's not. I mean, yeah. even, even in, and most rehabs are 12 step, like even with 12 step, you're not even supposed to date for a year. Like mm-hmm. there's some, there's some, there's a reason these yeah. things are built into that. But yeah. you know, you're young, you're 18. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he's probably charismatic. Right. And, you know, this idea, if you're a caretaker, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was like, yeah, come That's take tr- care of me. You know, and I'm not saying he was a terrible person, but yeah. the codependency is just waiting to be to be found. used yes. up. Yeah. And so she was like, we'll help each other because that's kind of that that mindset a lot of people will have is, oh, well, we're both struggling with the same thing. So we'll help each other. And that really is a lie. Like you need to find very healthy people to help you walk through that process. But again, she's a kid. Right. Sure. Um, and so she ended up they're living together. They're spending thousands on cocaine. They're getting in fights like it is just becomes a very unhealthy thing. But for her, it became what she thought love was supposed to be because one minute we're very passionately kind to each other, you know, and then the next minute we're very passionately angry with each other. Mm -hmm. And so there's kind of this back and forth became what she saw as like, okay, this is love. Right. And, um, you know, in the meantime, her mom is, you know, living 
across the country and she basically was like, I've got to call my kid and tell her about Mercy Multiplied. Um, and she tells her like, you need to look this up. Um, and thankfully Emily got to the end of herself and was like, okay, like I need to go. This is what I need to do. I need to come to Mercy. So basically through her six months at Mercy, God just completely turned Emily's life around. Um, even, you know, what she says is just a miraculous event of not having any withdrawals, not having any cravings for drugs. Mm. Um, and that doesn't always happen, but yeah. I love when it does <laughs> yeah. because it is like, it's a miracle when that, that mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and really the most important thing here is that she fully recommitted her life to Christ and just, I mean, literally became a new creation. Um, and she really connected with his calling on her life. And, um, so she finished at mercy. Um, uh, she ended up going back home and, later met uh, a young man named Chad, who was a strongly committed Christian. Um, and they were married in January, 2011. Um, you know, and as things go, once we are free, we don't always know how to walk in freedom. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of that relationship, she began to really struggle because, you know, practically understanding God's love for you and then acting that out in a human to human relationship mm-hmm. is really tough, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. And so, um, she, Basically, they began to, you know, fight. It wasn't going well. She identifies as like sabotaging the relationship. Um, And so she felt that um, kind of love was missing in that process. And then in September of 2012, she gave birth to their daughter. Um, But the joy of having their first child was really overshadowed by the ever increasing struggles of their marriage, which if anybody's been in that, you know, it's just having a baby is terrifying. And then on top of that, Mm -hmm. if you and your husband aren't good, it's, it's just really a scary, Mm -hmm. scary thing to go through. Um, and so they eventually separated and began individual counseling. And she realized through this, that she had been given the keys to victory at mercy. Um, and she just needed to use them kind of, you know, it sounds simple. We know it's not, but that was really, the foundational idea of it is very basic. And she said, I experienced the love of God there and I can use these same tools now. Um, and so they were able to get back together. They got a new house. They began walking in real love with each other. Mm. Um, and basically they grew a relationship that she never imagined she'd be able to have. And also Chad never imagined he would be able to have. Um, and, I love this. She did say this. She was certain of one thing. Nothing would have transformed my life but the power of Christ and God's word. The only thing that worked for me was him. Um, And what I I just love so much about this story is, you know, it shows you that, number one, um, I'm frankly, I'm proud of them that they continued to try. Like, how many people would have separated and been like, this just isn't working? Sure. But they were like, you know, went to individual counseling like that is just very courageous and very brave. And I love that God redeemed all of that hurt in that moment. And part of it was her picking up, like, I know what to do. And and just like real tools, you know, I Mm -hmm. cannot hammer a nail without a hammer. I have to literally pick it up. I've got to participate, you know, with what he has taught and how he has changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me so much of what we tell the girls often here is that you do not leave mercy perfect, but you leave here equipped. That's right. But being equipped is fine. And like, it's all good. But like, if you don't use it, that's right. I mean, and, and, and there's so many times that I'm just like, a lot. Of, I mean, I know a lot of people have asked us before, like, well, what about, well, what do you do with those situations where it's like, you know, mercy failed, like right. it didn't work. Right. Like, 
I don't actually think that that happens. Yeah. <laughs> like we do mm-hmm. what we do. We give them the tools. Now they leave and they choose whether or not they're going. And I yeah. would say that is an encouragement mm-hmm. to anybody out there who helps other people in any sort of role. Mm-hmm. You'd have to be faithful to do your part. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And you can go to bed at night saying, I did not fail today. Mm-hmm. I did my part. I've, I can be at peace with that. Mm-hmm. Now what the other person on the other end chooses to do with that is their choice. Yeah. yeah. And so we're very strong about that here at Mercy. Um, but I just think that's encouraging for anybody out there. After you watch the testimonies or you read the testimonies, it's so impactful. And then, and, and it can be so impactful in that second if you hit rock bottom or if you feel like you're close to that rock bottom or you feel like just even that tug of this is it don't question yourself because it's the answer if you feel like it's it then then do it mercy multiplied is a free of charge residential program and we want to help please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information and remember there is no problem too big or too small for god You know, another piece of this is it's an example of, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, well, you had a Christian home and, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things. And at the end of the day, you know, the rain falls, guys, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's hard. Um, and what matters is like there's an idea of, you know, obviously that was a foundation for her to be able to have a to know who God was at some level. Mm-hmm. But really knowing who he was <laughs> came out of, you know, being able to come to mercy Um, But actually her willingness to dig in and say, I don't want this for my life, you know, and, you know, parents can do everything. I know we we feel a lot of guilt, parents, when our kids aren't doing exactly Mm -hmm. what we think they need to do. But at the end of the day, the enemy attacks your kids and they make agreements. And we, you know, what I love is what I've started praying into personally, even with Liam is, you know, where's the enemy trying to get him? Like asking the Lord to show me that Mm -hmm. and what lies do I need to help him? undo. And this is something I never would have even known about or thought about. And nobody did really, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people weren't walking in that with your kids. You're like, I'm introducing them to the Lord and he'll take the rest. And he does, you know, he does, but we can also teach them how to war in different ways. Um, and so I just think it's, it's just a, a really neat thing. Like everything doesn't come out of, you know, a lot of times we think hurt comes out of just this horrible trauma or these horrible things that happen. But honestly, they come out of some tough things where the enemy gets in and we agree with him. Yeah. You know, just Ooh, and that's, that's anybody's situation. That could be anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> anywhere. Mm-hmm. Once you agree with him, that's where you how you see the world. Mm-hmm. And if you see the world through the enemy's eyes, that is not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Right? No, yeah. that's so good. And on that same note, too, I think. I'm learning this now in my limited experience as a parent, but you know, if there are those areas, like you said, where you've come into agreement with those lies or you've made mistakes to not stay there. I think there was this period. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was just the way of parenting at the time, but it was this common thought that you couldn't ask your child for forgiveness Mm. or like it was not maybe accepted to do that. And I think there can be a lot of healing in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's, I mean, I know this sounds silly, but just creating that culture of coming to your child and saying, you know what, I, I actually was like, I spoke out of weight. I spoke out of turn and Mm -hmm. I, I should not have, um, you know, belittled you like that. Would you forgive me? And it's been really interesting to watch, um, with our oldest, he's just like, yeah, you, you, I know mom, you're just having a bad day, but it, it created this, 
um, foundation of, of trust, but also this place of like, I want to have, I want to be able to come in humility to my kid and say, you know what? Like, I'm not perfect. I need Jesus. I want to, I want to actively model that for him. Mm -hmm. So then when he comes to me, um, he knows he can do the same, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. And it doesn't do anybody good, any good, any parents or kids, anyone to just sit in the shame. You mm-hmm. know, Jesus has covered that by his blood. Um, you know, Isaiah 53 talks about that. And so there's no need to sit there and wallow and go, I messed up so bad with my kid. And maybe you did, but you don't have to live or stay in a, in that in that shame place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what verse did you say? <clears throat> Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Sorry, did I okay. say it like I was from Texas? Isaiah. 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 <laughs> That's it. Sorry. I just thought someone might even be like, wait, what? What, 53? <laughs> yeah, no, I do feel like you turned a three-syllable word into one. But I couldn't figure out how you did it. It's a but talent. It's a spiritual <laughs> gift, guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but no, I think uh, that, obviously, that is something that I've been thinking about a lot. Because as you guys know, I'm like less than two months away from having my own child in the world. And I've been thinking a lot about that because that was not a um, culture that was part of my family family as much growing up like yeah. we didn't we didn't say I'm sorry to each other really yeah. and um and so I, like it's fresh on my mind because my husband and I have been reading um Henry Cloud's Changes That Heal mm. book oh, yeah. and <laughs> as if our listeners need to hear more about Henry Cloud <laughs> or John Townsend's work <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys know. We really like them. Oh my goodness! We literally probably bring them up in every podcast. Probably at least show once. is sponsored. Um, no, yeah, exactly. Um, we wish with the goal but, of being best friends. Yes. But yes. Ultimately, where are you? Yeah. Uh, anyway, all this to say, like, I just read yesterday this section on one of the life skills that you need to learn, like, as a young child is how to reconcile good and bad in the world and if you if you are raised in a home where um there's not forgiveness and there's not apologies and repentance Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff it's very very hard for children to be able to like integrate bad and good it's like they separate the two in their worlds and they say only the good parts of me are acceptable um, and so then I hide the bad parts. I keep the bad parts away. Mm-hmm. But it's only when you bring the bad parts into the light through repentance and through asking for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, those things are forgiven and you are accepted, not excused, but you're accepted in the midst of your bad. <laughs> that's the only place that healing can come. And that's yep. the only way that you're ever going to be able to bring the two together. And so I just, I don't know. It was really convicting for me because I was like, man, I haven't been great at repenting in my life, like to other people. I can mm-hmm. repent to Jesus all day because I know what his response is going to be to me, but to <laughs> yeah. other people, yeah. well, and I got, listen, we can go on to into Enneagram issues and all that stuff too, but like, I don't want people to see my bad, you know, sure. but it made me think like, what if I was better at confessing mm-hmm. my bad and then I was accepted for it mm-hmm. and I found like, I can be accepted in my bad too. Like, That's but the good. only way I'm ever going to be accepted in it is if I repent of it yeah. and ask for forgiveness yeah. of it. So I've, I've been thinking about that a lot with kids mm-hmm. and just that being part of the culture of our home. Yeah. Um, and man, if you're like, oh, well, my kids are already grown and I've already messed them up. <laughs> it's never too late to introduce that into the way that your family operates. Um, and so I don't know, that's just been very fresh on my mind. No, that's good. And I won't, uh, just for what it's worth, a couple of days ago, we were correcting Liam on some things and he was like, well, if I'm not good at this, then why do you love me? 
Mm. You know, oh. and we had to very much get into, you know, and this is a smart kid, y'all. I mean, he really yeah. is. But we had to, you know, it was like, because we don't love you for what you do. We love you, you know, you're ours. And, you know, we kind of went into this whole thing. And he was like, so no matter what. And it was interesting, though, yeah. because very quickly I felt like this fear come up. Like, well, if you tell him you love him no matter what, then he's mm. going to go do whatever. To do. And I'm like, no, that is not <laughs> true. You know, because my parents uh-huh. parented me out of fear. And frankly, they probably should have been terrified. So I get it. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, but right, it's funny how like in those moments, like the temptation to not take that all the way to no, like this mm-hmm. is how far we go. So anyway, just add on that. That's but good. I do want to just to kind of round us out um, or wrap this up. One of those phrases would be appropriate <laughs> here. Um, you know, one of the keys that we teach about is at Mercy is how to find freedom from oppression. And, you know, we define oppression as pressure. So anything that the enemy is basically able to bring into our lives through our choices or the choices of others, and this can be habits, addictions, unhealthy relationships, Um, you know, and we talk about this in the Keys to Freedom study, and there's a quote from that, that the easiest way to identify the health of our attachment is by examining the fruit of it. When healthy, the fruit of our lives intersecting with others will always reflect God's heart and purpose for connection. And so, you know, one of the most important keys for Emily's freedom was really to recognize the unhealthy attachments that she had with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, the unhealthy emotional attachment she had with, her, frankly, her role in society, mm-hmm. right? If you are the rescuer, you're codependent on this idea. It's not even other people. Yeah. You'll just live that out with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I just really encourage you, if you connect with that at any level, maybe it isn't extreme, like, you know, some of these situations, but you know, like, no, my, the idea of who I think I need to be or the role I need to have with other people is actually more important to me, you know, than being healthy or being mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, and we all have it to some degree guys. Like, I mean, it just is what it is. Um, and so just really praying into and let the Holy spirit point that out. Or maybe if you're not sure, just be like, Hey Lord, you want to point some things out to me because he'll be so good at fixing it, redeeming it, sharing it with you, or just opening your eyes. Sometimes it's just the awareness yeah you know because when you become aware like oh yeah no no i do that i do that Mm -hmm. thing you know and um then you at least when it happens again you oh no yep i do it let Mm -hmm. me just pull that back go talk to the lord about it um so yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. the the last thing that i'll mention i think that this story reminds me of you know you were talking about how she kind of experienced some instantaneous healing you know um, while she was here (laughs) And I don't want people to think like, oh, that's totally the norm. Um, Because really, I think what we've seen more than anything is that God typically is a God of process. And he definitely was a God of process in her life. Yeah. Uh, But there were some instantaneous moments of healing where he's just like, you know what? I can do this and I'm just going to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. But there is so much that is learned in process that not only are you learning things in process that you can then give away to other people. But as we say, and I'm pretty sure that it's actually in Keys to Freedom, we just talked about how one of the reasons that God chooses process is because, first of all, there are things that are built inside of us through process that wouldn't be built any other way. But that one of the most important things that's built in process is relationship with Him. Mm -hmm. If God could just come down and zap you healed, like, that'd be great. But, like, what have you learned of your relationship with Him through that? Other than, like, man, He's pretty awesome. (laughs) Like, He just healed me. But 
and I'm pretty sure it's worded this way in Keys to Freedom, like God doesn't just want to heal you. He wants to be your healer. Mm. And that there is a major difference between walking through a process with him and then coming out on the other side healed, but also knowing him and experiencing him in a full way. And that, that relationship just gets built stronger. And so I love that her story has a little bit of both. There's a, there's an element of it yeah. that there was like some instantaneous healing. But then, as you can see, especially even in her story after Mercy, there was a process that had to get walked out. Um, and just that that is, freedom isn't some one-time event. Yeah. Like, I was bad, and then I was fine. Like, that we are all in the middle of process at some level ourselves. And so, just rem- remembering that and letting that encourage you, because as we always talk about it in power, like, healing comes in layers yeah. and and the Lord is so good to not do it all at once because we yeah. couldn't handle it. But that just as soon as you think like, oh, I'm good, I've healed of this thing, something will happen in life and it kind of pops back up. And what the enemy wants you to think is like, see, you never were, you never did forgive, right. you never did get yeah. healed, you never did renew your mind, you never did whatever. But in fact, what it is, is the Lord allowing that in his severe mercy yeah. to come back up so that the next layer can get healed and the next layer. And that's just like part of life. And so to not allow the enemy when those things pop back up for you to convince you that somehow you never, it was all a loss anyway, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, man, that's, that's so good. One of my favorite verses, um, that I've clung to so much recently, but that directly addresses this is just in Philippians one, six, where it says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. And it just reminds me mm-hmm. that like he wants my freedom and healing even more than I do. So he's committed, like you said, to give me something that maybe in the moment, um, I don't understand or don't see how it's good, but because he knows that what I really need is him, mm-hmm. he's going to take me through that process to give me more of him. And, yeah. uh, anyways, that's just been, I'm glad you shared that Mel. It's yeah. just been encouragement. It's awesome. Well guys, it's- this finishes up our first of a number of weeks that we will be spending unpacking some of the stories and some of the principles from uh, Nancy's latest book, treatment or transformation, which is available on our website. So we hope that you will um, definitely consider getting online. And it's also available on Amazon as well. And so um, hope that you'll consider purchasing a copy for yourself and then purchasing a copy for someone that needs to be encouraged by these stories. Um, because I'll tell you this much, you can't really read this book with and then close it not believing that God can literally do the impossible. (laughs) Um, And so there's just nothing like story and there's nothing like testimony. And so um, we hope that you were encouraged by that. And we're excited to dive into more stories next week. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.